You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All of it. Beads. Yeah. Hot Wieners. Guy. Yeah. Love. <laughs> death. Family. <laughs> kids. Friends. We talk about all of it, all relationships, whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship. So, Chris, uh, today we've got a lot to talk about in terms of announcements, but also the subject matter today is going to be fairly heavy, at least in in terms of keys, because we're going to be talking about drogas. Yeah. Uh, intoxicants, I think. Intoxicants, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. from the caffeine to the nicotine to, to what the, have you. to the anything that would be considered drug slash poison. Yeah, basically, I think anything that alters your perception of reality. Oh, so like whippets, whippets, even. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. even for short periods of time. Yeah, what? What's that? Like ten seconds? Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, I couldn't. I don't know the math on it. I just know that I've done what I've been told were whippets many times in college. And it was a weird chemical that you huffed and it went straight to your brain and you felt very thin, like, like wah, vapor, wah, 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 yeah, wah. vapory in your brain for, you know, very, very lightheaded and vapory for moments. And then it passed. That's Not like so I crazy. feel right now. That's so crazy that it, that it was something that was so quick. Right. Okay. And then, uh, let's just fucking do our announcement. Okay. You want to just do that? So do you? Well, so, I mean, I don't want to talk about where I'm moving to because my wife is paranoid about her stalker. And I'm sure anyone with half a brain could listen to old audio and figure out, but I'm not going to state where exactly and what, you know, what place in the United States. But any which way, Chris and I think we've decided that we're going to end the show at episode 100 because my wife got a new job and we are going to be leaving the state and... A few to several months, you know, certainly by spring is the plan. If I can have the house on the market by the end of the year, that would be ideal. Yeah. But that's, that's what we're working on. In fact, last weekend or this just past weekend. So this past Saturday, we had a big two family moving sale at my mother-in-law's house and got rid of a ton of stuff. Oh shit. What didn't move were donating to you know, goodwill and or if you want to get rid of bookshelves, let me know. Uh, They're already gone, brother. Did you get rid of them? Yeah, they're already gone. I would have bought those. That's okay. I didn't know. That's okay. Well, what's worse is I would have just given them to you. That's okay. I suck. You don't suck. How would you know? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. But now I'm now I'm kicking myself because the amount of books that my wife and I have to move is Oh, dude, that's going to be fucking miserable. Your yeah. role-playing collection oh. alone? So here's, Fuck. The, so here's the deal. Most of it's already packed up and in storage. Really? Yeah, because I needed space to work in the house and move things around, right? So I literally, we have a storage locker because our house is, it's a duplex, right? It's 1,400 square feet, but that includes what is technically the livable finished basement, right? Yeah, yeah. So not a lot of area for storage. So I have a shed in the backyard for tools and shit like that. But I got a storage locker when we decided that we were going to move because I knew I wanted to slowly pack things up. So and- It's so much better to do it that way, too. Yeah. 
and it's just like your Christmas shopping. Just do it a little bit at a time, oh, before, yeah. you know, any which way. So I'll, most of my gaming stuff, with the exception of my specifically curated shelves for doing my videos and games that I want to have in the house to play, it's all packaged up in storage. Already oh, done. shit. Yeah, already taken care of. Because if you come over to my house, my game room now is very, very sparse. Right. I mean, the gun safe's not in there anymore. It's just a couple of bookshelves in my in my game master valet and oh the, my and God. our table. So because all, all all that shit is either packed up or sold at the yard sale. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to leave the Who Wears the Pants show up and available for six months. Is what right. we said. Right. And then after that, instead of paying for hosting, you're going to move it. To I will your... move it to the slightly average page. So you can listen to it there. Right. So if you want to hear backlogs of us talking about stuff, but yeah, it'll yeah. always be available yeah. um, as, as long as I can, you know, podcast and do this whole thing. Yeah. So now, a lot of, a lot of big changes. I mean, you've got, you've got your new house mm -hmm. uh, that you've recently moved into or actually recording in your three season room. That's actually to me. Now I know that this is that this has, it just reeks of, of white privilege, but to me, one level of success is having a three season room. Now, if you, if you saw this three season room though, it's a shithole. Shh. Chris, you did not see the house I grew up in. This is a three-season room. <laughs> a three-season room. You know what's funny is you've driven by the house that I grew up in bajillions of times and never even noticed. I'm sure that's true. I believe you. Yeah, 5102 Villa Donna Lane. Which one? 5102. It's the one. You know where Pont Main is? Uh-uh. Pont I Main to Villa Donna. Okay, Villa Donna, I know. Okay, so... Uh, there's at the intersection of Pont Main and Villa Donna, it's basically this. It's the first house in front of Pont Main. Oh, wow. And then, fun fact so that how my family had been there for forever, and uh, there was an older gentleman named Rich who lived next door. His uh, his wife died before he did. She worked for Boeing, left him a bunch of money and shit. Well, when he died, his house went up for sale. Tara and her family actually almost moved into that house. Wow. So she was almost my next door neighbor at one point in time, which is crazy. Right. Uh, so super small world, but yeah. So huh. fun fact. You guys could have been like a Jack and Diane small town. Oh, dude, we next would have been neighbor. going to pound town all the time. If uh, yeah. us as stupid kids would have been living there. Heck would have been yeah. Bad. Would have been awesome. Pound town in Indeed. Yes. But so, yeah, so Memory's got a new job. Yeah. Um, so she's going to be working remotely. She actually started yesterday was her first Oh, day. that's badass. So she is doing more training and orientation shit as we speak. Um, my grandma, my last grandparent, passed away mm -hmm. uh, recently. I had to go to her funeral and stuff. So that was, that was wild and interesting. And just to have the last, the last grandparent like the last big family tie on that side of the family pass away you know i wonder how close everyone's gonna stick together now that she's gone it's so funny like uh with with my family so on my dad's side my grandparents both of them are dead 
and they both died relatively young, all things considered. My grandma died when she was like 62 or 3 or something like that. She was young, and my grandpa died when he was in his 70s. Hmm. She might have been younger than 60 even. She was too young to die. Um, and then, yeah, my fucking grandpa died just about five or six years ago. Hmm. So, like, the the family makeup that keeps, like, the brothers and sisters coming back together isn't there anymore. So this year I was like, hey, I want to I wanna host the Parsons Christmas. Hmm. Um, we went to my uncle's birthday party. I, I might already talked about this on the show. And he goes, I don't know. He, he wanted everybody to come over. He goes, I don't know how many more times we'll get to do this or if we'll ever get to again. Right. And it was like right then and there, I was like, okay, well, I'm doing Christmas at my house then. Well, right, because I mean, you you grew up with your grandparents, right? But yeah. you didn't hang out a whole lot with your grandparents, brothers, and sisters. We did. Did you? We didn't. Okay, we did not. I guess I'm just looking at from my egocentric perspective. Not that I didn't know them, you know, and, and see them sometimes, but we didn't. I don't know. It was just mostly I saw my grandparents. So it was when my family was very close in that regard. Cousins were almost like brothers and sisters in a way. So, um, hot, super hot. Uh, so basically all the time you would have, like my grandma would have her brothers and sisters over all the fucking time. Uh, it was, okay. they were almost always there. Uh, her mom died when Christopher was about a year old. So my great grandma, um, so she lived for a long fucking time. All of her kids have got cancer and died basically though, which is crazy. But, uh, so it sounds, I mean, I don't think it's crazy. It's fairly common. Right. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there, that, that's that. Anywho, doesn't matter. Um, she lived for a long time. Basically, as soon as my grandma died though, like the, the ties to the family started to completely unravel. And it was it was really interesting. Apparently, they weren't the biggest fan of my grandfather, mm. so they were kind of prickish about him. Uh, my uncles and is this the one that taught you how to pickle lick? He's the one that taught me how to play switch. How to play switch? Yeah, you put one finger in your mouth, one finger in your ass, and then switch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, that doesn't even make any sense. The switch didn't exist until like a couple of years ago. What the hell is going on here? Yeah, you like that? Didn't yeah, you? I did. I, did. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what's weird about that game though is that, okay, I mean. The finger that goes in my butt first, can I put it in my mouth before I put it in my butt? Because I need a little bit of lube. But he, I don't that, want it. The rules aren't specified. I don't want to taste lube. Yeah. So, but I also, I don't want a finger going in dry. So I need to understand. The maybe rule. Then maybe you make sure to take a fat shit beforehand <laughs> no. and you can use the dirty lube. No, no, that's so gross. And then you have more poop you're tasting. Yes. I don't want to do that. I want okay, to... well then switch isn't for you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> On that, I think we can agree that switch definitely is or one not of the other, One of the other things. Me. So I've, I've been a picky eater for like most of my life. And uh, we got hot wings. I can tell by how malnourished you are. Yeah. We got hot wings one time. Or wings. We got them at Ponderosa. Right. And there was like something on one of the wings and I was picking it off. And he goes, you ain't going to be that picky when you're eating pussy. (laughs) That was a grandpaism. (laughs) This is the grandpa that people weren't fond of. Yeah. Wow. Imagine that. Hold on. I got another one. I'm about eight years old. 
I'm about eight years old, and uh, it's Easter. Uh, I'm not drunk, I swear. <laughs> and it's Easter. And he goes, why does the Easter Bunny hide his eggs? I was like, I don't know, Grandpa. He goes, because he doesn't want you to know he was fucking chickens. <laughs> and I was like, I'm fucking eight. <laughs> That's awesome, Grandpa. I'm eight years old, dude. What the hell? Oh, dude, it was shit like that all the time. But it was, <laughs> He thought he was fucking hysterical. <laughs> I think he's fucking I do hysterical. too. So I will give people grandpaisms. I say at dinner all the time. Yeah. Um really? No, well, dude, I, think, he, I think maybe maybe you will be. He was savage. <laughs> so we're getting ready to eat dinner and like if I was being picky or something, he'd be like, it all turns into poop. Just eat it. Mm. So uh, before dinner, most nights or during dinner, Terrell be like, what do you think of this? I'm like, well, it all turns into poop. And she gets so fucking pissed. She's like, that's disgusting. I can't believe you're doing that at the dinner table. And I'm like, my grandpa taught me. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, I just, it, it's weird. All we are is a stink tube with a head and arms and legs. That's right. All, I mean, all we are is this thing, this tube that, you know, masticates on one end and defecates on the other end. That's exactly right. Yeah, and that's all we are. This is meat and chemicals. Well, it's so funny because, like, you tell stories like that about the person, and it's it's comical, it's laughable, but then, like, Vidalia season happens every year. And, like, I go get Vidalia onions from the grocery store, and every time I see them, I... I get like choked up about it because I'm like, oh, grandpa, Vidalia onion. So I get stoked at Vidalia season every year. Hmm. And it was, it's just special to me. I too have a Vidalia onion memory. When my best friend in the world, when I was a little kid named Travis, we grew up on this street called Danny Lane. He lived with his grandparents and uh, they basically raised him any which way. We would eat bologna sandwiches with big slices, like a whole big slice right off of it, of Vidalia onion and mustard on white bread with a big mason jar of cold fucking milk. Oh, it was the best. That sounds like some fucking redneck shit oh, right there. some white trash shit right there, dude, but it was so uh, good. Oh. That's like a fried peanut butter and jelly. Oh. When you make it like a grilled cheese, you know, mm-hmm. oh, so good. But that's like for four. That's for sure for poor people, right? I yeah. still do it. Yeah, I don't care. I do fucking Vienna sausages. Well, now I mean those I are have some dignity. Those are fucking foul. So when we worked <laughs> at Miniature Market, and I would I would go to my lunch break. Oftentimes, I would go to the gas station and get the biggest can that they had of fucking Vienna sausages. Oh, oh yeah, no, they're fucking foul. But I would eat them. It's like comfort food. So. Uh, growing up, my stepdad always ate that. Gotcha. And he's like, they remind me of my dad and stuff like that. So it's this nice, warm, fuzzy thing. So I eat them even though they're disgusting to this day. I buy them. Well, fucking Tear loves them now. Oh, he's that's like, Dad, awesome. can we get Vienna sausages? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because biologically there's no connection between me and that man. But like we have this spiritual connection that centers around yeah. the fake sausagey goodness. And you've passed this love on to your son. Yeah, wow. yeah. Isn't that wild? It is wild. It is so, wild. This month is sober October. Yeah, which I am not doing because that sounds dumb. I so I am. Oh, wow, I'm so proud of you. Why? Because it takes an amount of discipline that I don't possess. I see. I disagree. You went like six months without doing anything. You, well, no, that's true. I did do. I but I had to be clean for six months to to get my head right. 
Okay. So I, I did I did uh, twenty twenty vision through twenty twenty. So I didn't do any substances through twenty twenty, and like that was. What a shitty year to do oh, it. Oh fucking dude! I got laid off in that time. I got my job back. It got crazy at work. Blah 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 blah. Weird fucking time to do it. But sober October runs around and it comes around, and I get a bunch of the guys at work to do it, and they're like, "Fuck yeah, man, we'll do it. Let's try it." All those motherfuckers have already fallen off. Sure. And I'm just like, dude, you guys are pussies. Like, this isn't hard. And, like, I respect a lot of these dudes, and a lot of them are good dudes. One of them's life is better because of it. So, Chris, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but referring to them as beautiful, enduring, magical things is not only disrespectful to the majestic vagina, but it is also emasculating. Or not emasculating, but it is also misogynistic in yeah. its tone. And so I, I'm going to have to ask you to refrain from that kind of language. So I didn't these, give anybody a fucking massage. You these, don't say that to me. So, I'm not some fucking cheap brothel that gives cheap massages. So this. The old rub and tug. These people were unable to meet your demanding so, so standards of sobriety. And you had to try to emasculate them so, by referring to them as vaginas. And I just think it'd be, it's 2020, so Chris. The, thing, and the this, thing that they didn't do was meet their own commitment. Right. So they weren't men. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, they were just here. They were weak. Is that preferable? It is. It is preferable. I'm just trying to get us not canceled in our last. Oh yeah, because so on episodes. this fucking on the next on the next yeah. six episodes. So here we're. we're gonna... Here's the thing, Chris. This lives on the internet now, right? I don't fucking care. It, no, I don't. You're right. Ass. I don't care either to a certain degree. Here's the here's the problem. That here's what worries about me. Worries you about it? Here's yeah, exactly what worries me about it is I there's. There's, I mean, the fucking cat's out of the bag, right? There's no going back. Everything on the internet is forever. And it doesn't matter who you are. They're just going to keep digging and digging and digging. A magical fucking thing happened, though. A magical fucking thing happened. A corporation spoke out against leftist bullshit, finally. Which corporation is this? Netflix. Oh, are we talking about the Chappelle thing? Do what? Yeah, Are you talking yeah, about the yeah, yeah. Thing? They basically gotcha. they, they so they fired people that went into so, a board meeting. So that so that that's so it's it, well okay. I don't know the whole story, so I'm going to refrain from comment, please. Yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, people went into a board uh, board meeting that was for executives demanding Dave Chappelle's special be removed because he said things that they deemed were hurtful. Um, the CEO or something along the lines of that basically said, no, we're about artistic integrity. No matter what we post on this platform, somebody's going to not like it or think it's distasteful. Um, this artist did this and it's staying. And then they fired the three people that burst into the meeting. Uh, so is that what happened? Because some some media outlets are not reporting that it happened in that fashion. Is that, you know... A letter was written speaking, an email was written speaking out against the the Dave Chappelle special, and then we were fired for a trumped up reason is the way I heard the story. No, of course that was the story that somebody would try to spin. So, so here's the deal. I don't know what's true because I wasn't there. Sure, sure. And I hate that because I just don't, truth is dead. It, it, it's That's dead. the thing. It's fucking not. And people it's are- dead. 
people are finally starting to understand. No, the truth is dead, Chris. That dead. context matters. Of course it does. But, but we've pretended it doesn't because you can take a snippet and you can molest it right. and turn it into something fucking awful. And right. guess what? Anybody could do that to any person. Right. Like you could make fucking Mother Teresa look like Satan because of a fucking portion. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're because fine, of dude. a snippet of what she had said. So the fact that we do that and pretend it's like a legitimate thing is absolutely baffling to me, and it's wrong. Like it's morally wrong. So now I think we are going to start to see the tides turn away from that. Yeah. Well, people shouldn't be destroyed for speech. It's free fucking speech. We should be able to say whatever we want, no matter how distasteful it is, and let the natural recourse happen from there. Well, so there, but there have to be limits, right? Like the 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 adage of you know fire in a crowded theater, right? Like you can't you can't deliberately cause riot and and sure and that's terrorism. People. That's different though, right? Right, right on. See. No, and I, I, that part I can get behind. I just don't believe in, like, if, if somebody says something and somebody else deems it as distasteful, those are two different opinions. No, I agree. And, that, and it is extremely dangerous, in my opinion, to say this person's opinion we disagree with so vehemently that it doesn't have a right to exist. A former president can't be on social media. It's brilliant. It's a fucking joke. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, it's and, absolutely amazing. Well, and again, that not only not only a former president, but a former president who I don't know the people behind his administration and between behind his campaigning that did it, but figured out a way to use us use social media in a fashion that social media had to set itself against that candidate and ensure that something like that never ever ever happens again and now it's all coming out proving that facebook did indeed put their thumb on the scale for the dnc yeah i mean not that i, I i'm not that i'm a an rnc guy either but it's just a it's, it's a, all criminal yeah it's, it's amazing. all fucking criminal now nah, but these things are going to continue to come up like we have too much information at our disposal. There's not enough ways to hide it. So you can turn a blind eye so much right. until something is slapping you in the face. Right. And like, that's what we're running into now. And it is fucking glorious. Right. It's glorious. So I think in the next probably five to 10 years, we'll see a massive shift in the other direction as far as free speech is concerned. And I think you will see much more of it. And I think maybe the freedom of information will be, um, much more readily available. I think information will be much more readily available to individuals. I sure hope so. And I it, it, like that's what I pray for. But I just don't think that. Well, I mean, we've certainly not even addressed the topic of. of I know, drugs. right? But and this is why I do drugs is because you know it's like sort of if I can if I can quote the band Morphine someday there'll be a cure for pain and that's the day I throw my drugs away. Right. Yeah, I, I, I uh, Tara watches all of these Skid Row documentaries. Oh, yeah? And they're so interesting because they have these people on that are fucking Like raging. Sebastian Bach Skid Row? Like, like, yeah. like you know. Skid Row, California. The, 18 and life no, I understand yes. where you're going, but no. 18 and life Where everybody's on drugs and homeless yes, in yes, California. Yes, no. So yeah, basically sure. no, the whole I've state. Seen- I've, I've seen the I've seen the photos. It's incredible. Yeah, horrendous. So 
she watches interviews. They basically go out and they interview people from Skid Row and they tell their life story and bullshit and what got them there. Some of these people are so insightful as to why they use. They're like, I do it so I don't have to deal with pain or reality or anything like that. And I think that's pretty common. I think for the mm -hmm. most part, the using of a substance is an escape. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just, a, it, it might even be the heightening of one's own, sense, own senses to a point to where they're able to escape this moment. If that makes sense, it makes like a it, DMT trip. It it makes perfect sense. I uh, did I talk about? I didn't think I've talked about Drew, the homeless guy I hung out with in in Columbus, have I? I don't think so. So I ended up befriending you know a pretty charismatic homeless guy named Drew while I was in Columbus, and Drew was I mean he had his shit together. His you know, his clothes were clean. He was clean. His act was together. He, you know, was wearing his COVID mask. I mean, he just was a guy who was homeless. And what was interesting, actually talking to him, hanging out with him, you know, smoking weed with him in the park and just bullshitting and spending a lot of time with him learning about the city, but also learning about sort of the, the, the homelessness culture. It was wild because he's a guy who's like, look, I... I'm not, I'm not mentally ill. Sure. I've had my issues with substance abuse and stuff in the past. He said, but look, I don't want to, and don't need to. And I'm paraphrasing, right? Cause mm -hmm. I can't mm -hmm. speak for the man, but in essence, I don't want to be part of the system. And frankly, you don't need to be. And I'm living proof of that, that you can make a decent living. You can go, you can have food, you can have water, you can have, you can have weed, you can have cigarettes, you can have a place to sleep. He's like, you can get a shower. He's like, you can live on the street outside the system. It's not an easy life, but it is a life that provides a tremendous amount of freedom that you're not going to have any other way. I feel as though in doing that, though, you're a part of the system because you're using public services. Well, sure. No, no, no. I, I understand that. But <clears throat> I mean, he's utterly, entirely off the grid. Yeah. He lives completely. Nobody with, knows where he is yeah, or who he is. completely with cash. And if he wanted to un uproot and move to a new city tomorrow, he could, right? Because he speaks the language, right? And I don't want to, I don't want to liken it to, because I'm not an expert on hobos and riding the rail, but there's it's, there's a culture to it just like anything else. Right. And it certainly changed my attitude toward panhandling and toward people. And so now when my from now on, if I go on a if I go on a con trip or I'm going to a city and it's just me, I'm absolutely carrying regular cigarettes. I'm gonna carry a pack of menthol cigarettes and I'm gonna carry a bunch of singles, just a bunch of ones. So I can Hook give, up the homeless? Yeah, so people are like, dude, you got a cigarette? Yeah, I got a cigarette. Any money? I got a couple bucks for you. You know, just, hey, man, can you help me out with this? Do you know where that's at? Da, 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 da. It's, it's, a, it's a different world of people that go unnoticed that are an intelligence resource that I found astonishing. That's so funny. So near work, there's a, I, there's a fuck ton of homeless people. There's probably four that I see regularly. Um and one of them stands, two of them stand at one particular spot, and it seems as though they trade days. Right. But it's the same two people. Right. 
and then there's another one that takes it's all exit ramps or stoplights. Yeah, lights. and that's a different group of people, I think. I don't know. Well, so these people, it's the same ones. Mm-hmm. And one of them holds up a sign and it says just hungry. Right. He's like, you don't have to fucking give me money or anything like just hungry. Yeah. You can spare a little bit of food. Cool. I'm wondering cuz he seems to have his wits about him. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if maybe that's not how he is. So, and well there there's another thing too, particularly with the off-ramp with the off-ramp people that, you know, people that are just they just don't have a regular job and this is their gig, right? So they right. they live semi, you know, a semi gridless, you know, tax-free lifestyle, but, you know, they have a home. They have they have bills that they pay. They just this is what they do. You know, that's why I know a lot of people who are apprehensive to give money to mm-hmm. the to to pain handlers in that situation because they right. never know. Right. Right. But I mean, it's, if, OK, this is going to sound so ridiculous, but if that's what they do for work. Almost have to respect their hustle. Well, I mean, yeah, if it's one hundred and twelve degrees outside and you're standing outside in the heat fucking shaking a cup around right and people are giving you money yeah that's a fucking job at that point that would suck dick dude right i sit in fucking air conditioning at work so i wouldn't want to do that but yeah back to substance abuse here um or not substance abuse but the use of substance yeah uh so it's a funny thing because they're they all affect you very differently and one of the things that i know that i've not liked is anything hallucinogenic so i've only tried weed Mm. and i know the hallucinogenic effect of that was too much for me wow yeah right on yeah worst experience my life first time i smoked weed yeah i remember i I don't know if we've talked about it on the show maybe we have we may I, i know you and i have talked about it just about the that lack of control oh dude i was ticking like this and you listeners couldn't see it, but it was like my movements I was ticking. I felt like I was ticking. I was basically ticking to my heartbeat. Um, I was, And I was like stuck in a loop. And I was like, I kept asking Tara, I was like, why did we do this? She's like, to get high. And I was like, why are we high? And she's like, because we smoked a blunt. And I was like, I thought it would be fun. And I was like, this is not fun. This is horrible. So I kept asking the same like three questions over and over and over again as I was ticking. And then I was like, I need to go to fucking bed. So I go to bed. I was like, yeah, you do. Because you're annoying me. I'm trying to have fun here. And and you need to go to bed. I'm looking at. I'm sorry, dude. I keep (laughs) hitting your foot. I'm looking at my superhero posters that are up in my room. And I'm like, man, these are in here because they make me happy. That's why they're here. Superheroes make me happy. And then I'm like, oh, no. My kids make me happy. What if I forget my kids? So then I'm like making sure I don't forget my kids and I keep thinking of them. And then I look back at my superheroes and I, for an instant, I'm not thinking actively of my kids. And I was like, oh my God, I almost forgot them. Horrible. I don't know if I can get that high anymore. Oh, dude. Worst fucking experience of my life. Wow. I was like, I never want to do this again. Yeah, I uh I mean, if I if I go on a big reprieve, right? Like if I go a month without, then yeah, I can get pretty stoned for a day or two. But normally, I mean, and I know it's not healthy, but whatever, fuck people can judge me, not judge me. I don't care. I live my life, right? But for me, 
I certainly prefer the marijuana intoxicant, the THC intoxicant Mm -hmm. to alcohol. That's not to say that I won't use alcohol, but at this point, even when I do drink, it's pretty, it's not very often that I drink beer anymore. Um, I think I've really lost my taste for it. Yeah. I mean, you know, just because alcohol does change your taste buds. Okay. And so something that, you know, this is some research my wife was doing when I, when I really cut back on drinking and then I started trying alcohol again and I was like, this is not the same experience, but I prefer wine much more than I used to. Okay. And I, but I drink it pretty rarely, but, and, and I still love whiskey and cocktails, you know, like a, an old fashioned or something of that nature. Yeah. But yeah, beer just does not have the same allure for me that it used to. So after not drinking for a year and then coming back to beer, my old go-to beer is really the only one I can drink now. Oh, it's just the Keystone? Rolling Rock. Rolling Rock. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I mean, I knew yeah. it was a shit beer. I just couldn't remember what yeah. crappy title. No, it's the most delicious yeah. one. Um, and it's the least shitty. And I'm I, kidding. It's, I, no, it's you're fine. fine. I, I just, I can't. I can't see past it. So, like, I've tried IPAs that I know I liked in the past, and I'm like, man, they're really not as good. It tastes like fucking inside of a shoe. It, Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go that disparaging, but I agree with you. It does not have the same magic that it's it once did. It's not good, and that's the issue that you run into. So, like, I remember being a kid and having a sip of my dad's beer. I mean, like, that's fucking gross, and he's like, it's an acquired taste. 100% true. None of it's really great. Right. I'd much rather have, like you said, a glass of whiskey, and if I do that... I actually I like it on the rocks after the ice is melted a little bit because it's almost like drinking a uh, iced tea. I I like my whiskey neat, uh-huh. and the only time I really want rocks is if it's a proper cocktail, right? And so if there's if there's bitters or something, you know, if, if it has you know the sweetener and the bitters and that sort of thing, then I'm interested. But if I'm doing whiskey, man, just neat, then I just want neat. No, no ice, no nothing. Just give me that burn, that really? sweet, delicious burn. But then when it comes to THC, I'm as far as as far as I go, uh, flour, burning flour is the most effective way for me to do. Because if I do edibles at this point, I need an embarrassingly large amount to feel it. See, and I tried an edible for the first time. We talked about that, yeah. which is part of why we're having this conversation. Yeah. I actually found that enjoyable. It was more like, so when you first start to catch your buzz when you're drinking, you get this like tingle at your brain yep. stem. Yep. And like that is what I was experiencing. And like that, you get it after good sex and oh. all kinds of stuff. So like that's what I was experiencing. And I was like, this is nice. There weren't a lot of bad effects. I didn't feel like I was outside of my mind at all. Right. And so I, I found that very enjoyable. And I was like, okay, I could do this again. And I didn't have like a hangover the next did, day. Did you keep, did you, do you know what strain and how many milligrams of what you had? So like, it was about 50 milligrams is what I found out woo, later. That's a big boy. So that's a big one. I did not know that. Basically, <laughs> guy walks up and he's like, I've got this and was giving it to my friend. And my friend's like, I already ate one of those. I don't actually need it. Or he goes, I ate two of those already. I don't actually need it. And I was like, fuck it, dude. Give it here. I eat it. And he's like, dude, you don't even do that. And I was like, I know. He's like, but I, I go, but fucking might as well try it. And he's like, that's fucking awesome. And I was like, I'm just going to enjoy the ride. I'm not going to freak myself out. Yep. And he's like, okay. 
that's how you need to be right now. <laughs> so then another guy takes the wrapper and he goes, how much is each one of these? He goes, oh, it's a 600 milligram bag. There's one, two, three. Oh, dude, that was like a fucking 40 or 50 milligram treat. He said it was 40 to 60 milligrams per right. thing. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> no, that's not good. That's not good at all. <laughs> but it ended up being okay. And I was like, all right, you know, this isn't bad. Like, I, that I can live with. Yeah. If it was anything more than that experience that I had, fuck that. Dude. Yeah, because I'm the guy. I mean, I, I don't mean to sound braggy. It's actually something to be ashamed of that your tolerance is this powerful. But, like, if I went and got one of those 100 milligram cookies, I would just eat the whole thing. Good. <laughs> just feel like, well, if we're gonna feel this, I mean, this whole fucking cookie. So somebody better get me a goddamn well, cup may- of coffee. Maybe, maybe that's how my digestive system like <laughs> yeah. handles it. I don't know. I think it's alcohol, dude. Do you? I, I really do. I think that years of hard drinking, my liver just. I don't know. It's I, too fucking powerful for that weak shit. I well, I think it's too damaged, so it doesn't process the THC well. As I, well, maybe it maybe it processes it better. I don't know. I don't know. I could, I could be wrong. I've never, I don't know. I don't know that. Not but, even a real doctor. But things are most, I told you I did Adderall, right? No, recently? You did. I'm not going to tell you which event for whom I got it from, but I was at an event and. I so had, you, you sped? Uh, well, yes, but very minorly. I know somebody so any which way they were like, hey, you know, I, somebody mentioned Adderall. I was like, that's on my bucket list. It's something I've always wanted to try. And they were like, well, I have I have this milligram and this milligram and that milligram. And I was like, I'll, can I just try the little one, the five? And, and they were like, great. And so we'll see how you're doing in, in an hour or two. And if you and, need more, we can and get no, you. And if you're, well, yeah. And if you need more, let me know. And if you feel focused and clear and what you're have, ADD. Then, then you should talk to your doctor. And if you feel amped up and on speed, then, you know, just be mindful not to take more. <laughs> you know, or not too much or whatever. Yeah. So I did and I got the caffeine buzzes. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> so I was at a wedding on Sunday for a friend and I was talking to another friend who was one of the groom's people and they had mentioned something about cocaine. And I was like, fuck cocaine. I want to do, but my wife would divorce me if she ever found out that I did cocaine. And I said, but I've done Adderall. And they were like, well, it's close enough. I mean, it's not the same thing. But, you know, she's like, do you get your speed? And I was like, oh, awesome. And I'm like, so maybe Adderall is just my thing now. And I need a black market Adderall hookup. Oh, stop it. Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> that would be so stupid. And don't do Coke. Coke is so dangerous right now. There's so much fentanyl mixing with other people. Oh, bullshit. is it really? Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I don't, don't, yeah. don't, don't fuck well, with no, that. Well, right no, and that's exactly the thing, too, is that, and, and again, I don't want to, I don't want to get too into it, but the, the, the peep, the persons with whom I do business, I know. Yeah. And I know where stuff comes from, or at least I believe where what i'm being told about where stuff comes there's trust as opposed to i just met some stranger on the street right which i'm not going to do that right it will see like there's people that'll go out and party with friends and a friend of a friend gives them something and it's not good yeah so don't don't fucking do that yeah like coke is just way too dangerous right now i wouldn't fuck with it people are fucking dropping dead from doing a line that's insane yeah that is insane um 
Well, that's that's the thing that I don't understand. So, like, I think I might have ADD or ADHD or something like that. I've never fucking tried anything that's supposed to be an accelerant like that. However, I really, really, really like my caffeine. Yeah. So, I, I don't know how that works. I don't particularly feel focused on it. Um, but I also don't do anything to have to focus on anything anymore. Like, I'm, I, I'm so... Um, sporadic in my thought patterns and whatnot and I play into that so often that I know there's not a whole lot of focus that I have. Right. I, d- I don't use that much. Hmm. So, yeah. And I, I it, it, a lot of it, a lot of it stems like from the fucking pocket computers that we have. Like it's so bad. So I'll get in there, I'll be like, I'll go to do something and I'll be like, oh, I have a notification. So then I get sucked right. up in whatever that right. notification was instead of doing the thing that I was going to do in the first place. And then I, a few minutes later, I'm like, oh, I'll go back to that. And I get sucked into something else and blah, 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 blah. So it's like this god-awful cycle. And I, I recently was like, oh, I need to do real life more. Like that was one of the things that kind of drew me to Sober October is I was like, you hmm. know, I fucking screens all the time. I was like, and then I'll fucking come home, have a few beers, blah, blah, blah. My anytime I hang out with my friends, we drink. I need to reset, and this is a good opportunity Respect. to do yeah. so. So that's what, yeah, that's what I was doing. Bah. Yeah, see, for me, it's a it's a it's a crutch being being dampened. Yeah, being a little bit did being a little bit everything everything being a little bit fuzzy reduces the impact of overstimulation. I think that we are bombarded with so much information between just so many signals, not just everything in nature that we're that we're experiencing, but between billboards, television, radio, computers, driving down the road with the, the the license plates and the signal lights and mm-hmm. just everything there is so the air much air touching your skin yeah there's everything. so yeah. much information huh. that you're bombarded with that i just feel fucking raw and i know it's an excuse and i know it's a crutch but that's just it is that everything is just easier that's so interesting cuz like for me i want to experience more of that and less of the the tailored worlds that we have digitally. Right. Like that that's the thing that's most terrifying to me right mm-hmm. now is I'm like we experience more of that. Like you go to work, work is on a fucking computer screen. Right. Between working and doing whatever your next task is, you get on a fucking screen. When you come home, you sit down, you watch a TV show on a screen, all that shit and I'm like, man, there there's a little person here that I can interact with that does all kinds of wild shit. And they're, and I've she got, just smiled at you so big. I've got three of them, and then I've got a wife who's like a partner to me, and like she does the same fucking digital bullshit that I do. So it's like, man, it, it, we have to we have to step away from that a little bit. And I don't necessarily want stepping away from that to be substance. I I would like it to be human interaction, so that hmm. this experience, by the time that it's over, actually means something. No, it's beautiful. Yeah. I, uh, I, no, that's, that's wonderful. I guess that just, I just, that's not, I guess I don't know how I can relate my feelings to that because I don't, 
at least not until this moment, I haven't been confronted with looking at my life in that fashion. How do you, how do you look at your life normally? Uh, or do you? I, I, I do. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to armchair psychoanalyze myself, Uh but I look at the more I watch documentaries about people who became monsters and serial killers and people who became manipulators and how they grew up. I can certainly see that I was one rape away from being a monster. Right, right. You know, and and I can certainly see that I have patterns in my life of usury with relationships, right? Because my relationships have always been, in my experience, or at least in my opinion, relatively superficial from my perspective, meaning that I am not generally open with people about who I really am and what I really think. And I certainly think that substance use makes that a lot easier to maintain a, a, a lack of depth in my relationships and my interactions with people. Um, but also, I, I don't want to share who I really am with people. Um, I, I don't like being close. I don't like being emotionally vulnerable. It honestly makes me uncomfortable. And substances make life duller and easier to deal with and make those sorts of things easier for me to cope with. Well, I, I, when you said you don't want to be emotionally vulnerable, like I think it, the vulnerable part of that is something that nobody necessarily wants to be. Nobody wants to feel vulnerable because that means you could be destroyed, right? Right. You could be hurt. Yeah. So, but also, I honestly, I don't think people truly give a shit. I mean, I think that I think that your I think that your real connections with human beings, right? That the the list of people that I know is vast. The list of people with whom I'm acquainted is vast, and I have a lot of people who I would consider friends, whom I love. But at the end of the day, I don't know. I I don't know what our connection is really like, right? I don't. Huh. I don't know for certain. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe I don't want to get all weird and depressed, but. I mean, I don't think that's depressing. Like I, I was having a conversation with somebody with one of the managers at work recently and uh, a friend of mine there quit. And he's like, you know, I know you don't want to do this for forever. What do you want? And I basically told him what my action plan for the future is. And I was like, look, man, I was like, this job is so socially draining. I was like, I come here and I fake interactions with the staff. I fake it with a customer. I was like, and then I get home and I don't want to have any interactions because I had all these pretend ones all day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and then it seems like work if you go to a fucking party or if you're around your wife's coworkers or anything like I'm like, you're just at work again. I'm like, so you're doing these just continual fake interactions i was like and then that becomes the only type of interaction that you have is this fucking make-believe that you play all the time i'm like and it's damning i was like so i don't want to do that part of this any longer 
And I think that's that's akin to what you were saying there. Well, and it's interesting because I, I mean, I'm not perfect, obviously, but I have really I'm, I'm I'm trying to be a more honest, a more open person. And so the interactions, particularly the interactions that I've had with strangers over the last month of going to conventions and such, I I'm just perfectly honest with people about what I think about stuff. And because one, it doesn't matter, but, but, but two, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm alone anyway. So who cares if I isolate people with honesty? Huh? Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So the substance abuse thing is then she's good. She's going to eat the Cheerio that she threw on the ground. Roger that. But yeah, the substance. So is, is substance abuse then a, a way of, we say it's to deaden things. Is it a way of coping with social interactions that went awry then? Absolutely. I think it's, I think it's a, I, I think it's a way of social, of, of coping with social interaction, period. Right. Not not ones that go awry. I mean, certainly depending on the substance and depending on the the, the context and the group of people using the substance, yeah. a, a substance can certainly lead to particularly alcohol is a great example of one that can lead to some pretty sloppy and sporadic violence. Sure. Uh, but. You, know, you can also have so much fun on it. And no, no, no. Totally, totally true. So I don't. It's a weird relationship, right? I mean, because I, I think that a lot of people are more comfortable engaging socially with a little bit of social lubrication, right? Right, with with alcohol. But I, I, I also think that it's not just for some people a tool for, uh, for restraining your inhibitions, but I also think for some people. Do they just feel more themselves, which I know is unhealthy and dangerous. But you know, you get a you get you know a couple beers in you, and you're just more relaxed. You're more comfortable. Your your tongue's a little looser. You're a little bit more confident. That's it's one. Throw, thing. It's the throwing away of inhibitions again. Right. Yeah. But but then when you're four, five, six, eight, ten beers deep, that's really really the problem. And that's another reason why I prefer the marijuana to the alcohol because alcohol is very easy for me to overdo if I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing. Marijuana, I can only get so high. See, I like, I like overdoing it with alcohol every so often, like thoroughly enjoy it. Like if you're out with your friends and you're just, you're having a good time and that just takes the fun to another level or whatever, like it, it's cool. I also, I, on that, like speaking out of the other side of my mouth, I would also like to just fucking enjoy hanging out with people and find out what that actually means to do it without uh, substance aid. Sure. And that's something that I like sober times. You get to do more of that. So that like taking a year of sobriety, like it happened at a shitty time and it would have been better if it wouldn't have been the year that it was. However, it was also appropriate because I wasn't having to go to all these social places where substance was. You know what I mean? I do. And having it there all the time. I was having a conversation with a friend recently, and he's like, do you think anybody could cheat on their spouse? And I was like, 100%. Anybody could. 
And he's like, I couldn't. And I was like, you could. Did your deck fall off? I'm like, dude, the more you put yourself in a situation to do so, the more likely it is to happen. I'm like, eventually, the numbers will work out that way. I'm like, it's a math fucking problem. Right. And you're going to be on the shit side of that at one point in time. Right. Well, like if you, you said, tempt fate. Yeah, if you're playing with fire. Right. Then you're you're likely to, as they say, get burned. And he's like, well, I've been in positions to do this, that, or the other so many times, and it hasn't happened. And I'm like, I understand that. However, it's not been the right time yet. And the right time comes. It always comes, like, no matter what it is. And I think it's the same thing with substance. Mm-hmm. Like, you can do something. You can do it once. You can do it responsibly, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, the time comes where you're not anymore. And it's continuing to tempt fate with the use of it or using it as a social lubricant every time you go out. Like, that's where I think the danger is in it. Do I think it's okay recreationally? Sure. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, there was a time in my life where it was, you know, if I went out to dinner or I went out with friends where it was near impossible for me to say, no, I'll, I'll have water or whatever. Yeah. I can do that pretty easily now. It's pretty easy for me and a group of people, if we're out in a bar, to just say, no, thanks. I'll have a glass of water. Right. Because, I mean, I've done it a lot lately. You know, that's not to say that I haven't had drinks, but it's also to say, hey, you know what? I'm cool for now. May I have a glass of water, please? Right. And, you know, the bartenders I find generally are very responsive to that. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure that's not something that they're used to hearing. So getting that particular response is something that I think they would pay more attention to because of the because of its rarity right and i'm still i mean i still tip i'm still getting a drink sure 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 no i think that that's that's interesting i didn't really think of that at all yeah so do you do you have a word of wisdom well i mean i i think that i'm gonna do i mean since yesterday was columbus day i think that you know in the grand celebration of co-opting and taking what belongs to others i think that moderation in all things is great wisdom. I think that it is particularly when it comes to your substances because it is very, very easy for many of us to allow those substances to take over our lives and to dominate our thinking and to be the thing that we put above friends and family and and, and other things. Yeah, it becomes God. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it replaces God. It's a very dangerous thing. So, And I say this as somebody who has gone his entire life. I mean, I piggybacked from smoking alcohol. way too many cigarettes yeah. to alcohol. To, to weed. To, to, to weed and, you know, now Adderall. So I'm kidding. I've only done it once <laughs> so far. But, but yeah, no, I mean, there is, again, those dumb old cliches are dumb old cliches for a reason. Right. And that, I think that moderation in all things is certainly a a wise thing to, to adopt. 